Hello, and welcome to PodCash, the portable professional development podcast from Cash. Thanks for joining us. My name's Dawn, and I'm the editor of Cash Alumni. And this episode is our first recorded with the magic of technology, as our guest today actually joins us from the United States. Hi, Candy. How would you like us to introduce you? Um, Candy? Yeah. <laughs> Just, um, I'm a nanny. I'm a full-time nanny, and I work for a high net worth family. And you're a British nanny working in the United States, is that right? I've worked everywhere, but right now I'm in the US and I've been here five years, so I would say US. And do you think that there's still an element of prestige to being a British nanny? And I think I think there is um, there's quite a misconception because people think that because it's a British institution, nannies in the UK are treated better than nannies anywhere else. And yet a lot of the British nannies that I've spoken to who actually work in Britain find that what it is that they do here? Yes, I think, I mean, I think that issue is worldwide because you have that issue here too. Um, but I think when you, when you do find a family that does understand what your role is and what you actually do and what you bring to the table and your experience and your training, then they really appreciate it. That's definitely been my experience as well, talking to people that, that the people I've spoken to yes. can tell you yeah. one of the reasons it makes their life a hundred times easier. But I think I think you're right, there is a misconception about what nannies do and what their role is. And therefore then it causes issues with nannies because everything is piled on to the nanny and that's not actually the nanny's role. Yes, and I think there's that weird dichotomy of as well as nannies being given stuff to do that isn't their role, I get the idea that people don't really understand all of the things that nannies actually do do and you don't get credit for Correct. the hard work and the knowledge that you actually bring to that household yes. children. I, I completely agree with you and I think, and again, I think that's worldwide because there are lots of families here um, who also don't understand what nannies do and what their role is and why it's important for somebody to be trained and to have the knowledge and the experience um, that maybe the parents don't have because maybe they're first-time parents or maybe, you know, they uh, haven't read, you know, the latest childcare book, etc., etc. But I do think the misconception is worldwide. Well, that, I suppose that's good to know as, as a Brit that yes. that's not particularly bad at it. No. Um, <laughs> no. You, obviously, we know that there's a misconception and that people don't really understand what nannies do and you're a great person to, to talk to about this um, obviously having such a lot of experience in that area but also um, in terms of the fact that you do work and um, sort of doing a bit of advocacy for nannies and talking about um, yes. what nannying is on that sort of international stage so could you explain to the people listening what a nanny is? Okay so to me personally a nanny is somebody who uh, and it doesn't matter if they're male or female um, somebody who actually works alongside parents. Um, I view the nanny's role as a team member of the, the need to be part of a family um, and who actually works on the emotional and social and developmental milestones for the children uh, so that they can reach them but includes the parents in doing such so that the parents actually know exactly what's going on with the children's lives and that if they have questions, the nanny is able to answer them. In order to do so, though, the nanny needs to be trained and experienced and have, you know, the knowledge that is required to provide that service. Yeah, and I think one of the things that about that, thanks, Candy, is that um, whilst, you know, the people talk about nanny training and all of those things, is that it, it's, it's probably more difficult to be a nanny in terms of, you know, keeping that experience and that knowledge up to date and being able to share the burden with, with other workers. Is that something that, that you've experienced? Yes. Uh, and when I say training, what I mean is, is um, there are lots of different kinds of training that one can take. And, you know, you can specialise in different stages of development and different ages. So as long as you provide that, then you're providing a service to parents that is, I mean, nobody can actually take that away and nobody can replace that because most parents aren't going to read all the new newborn care books that are out there so they want to hire somebody who has that knowledge and experience if you're if you're a nanny and you're a career professional nanny you keep up to date with all the training that you can 
And sometimes that's hard because you're working long hours, but you do actually continue your training throughout your career. Yeah, and I think, especially as sort of looking at, at you and, and, and seeing your involvement in things, it, it's it's really obvious to anybody who sort of connects with you that, that you genuinely care about what it is for a living um, and that you're genuinely really interested in it. Um, yes. Which obviously helps in terms of that training because it's something that you... Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, you enjoy it. Yes. And I, there's, there's sort of there's a lot of people that I speak to um, in terms of the work that we do with with cash where people don't think of nannying as necessarily a career they think of it as a stepping stone to something else or um, as a job for young people who maybe don't have a lot of experience yet is that a misconception are there opportunities there to, to build something wonderful yes. It, it is it is a misconception because you can you can be a nanny and you can be a career nanny and it can be your only job in your life. Um, you can start when you're in your early 20s and you can retire in your 60s. It it's a career just like any other career and you make it what you want it to be. So if you choose nannying as your profession, like I did, um, then you actually work on it and step by step you get to a higher position. So. I would say you can, I mean, there, there are lots of moves that you can make throughout your career and you can either specialize in certain areas or you can travel around the world or you can, you know, choose to work only with certain families. But whatever you choose to do is actually a stepping stone for you to elevate your career and to elevate the actual profession. Because if you have lots of people who are career nannies who are actually advocates for nannies who care about what they're doing then you will have more information about what nannies do out in the world um, and I, I can say that I started nannying professionally at 19 when I finished my NNEB training um, and my initial stepping stones for me were I wanted to get as much experience as I could in different setups so that I could then choose which setup I wanted to work in and so my initial contracts were just 12 months. I, I wouldn't stay longer than 12 months because I wanted to dip my feet into that particular situation, figure it out, decide if I liked it, move on and try something else. And then after doing that for about four years, I decided which path I wanted to take and I just stuck with it. Wow, well, it definitely seems to have worked for you. <laughs> it has. <laughs> So you, from, from, from what I know of you, you think of um, doing if all three of those things that you mentioned in terms of building a career where you have worked around the world and, and you have sort yes. of chosen your niche in terms of families and, and you've done your research and found the things that really interest you in the sector to, to build your career around. Um, yes. But those who are listening who aren't familiar with who you are, um, yes. can you tell a little bit about that niche that you've chosen in terms of, of where you sit in yes. Onion. Yes, so I actually, my niche is high net worth or high profile families who are actually looking for 24 hours a day care. Um, and in some parts of the world it's very common, in other parts of the world it is not so common. Um, they are, you know, again, there's a lot of misconception within the nanny world about, well, if they want that kind of care, why did they have children? Um, so there's a lot of judgment going on. But that is my niche. Um, and I've been doing this now. So I've been a nanny for 27 years. Um, and I've been doing, I, I've been working in this niche basically the majority of my career. Even my first job was uh, high, high profile. When I finished my NNEB training, I already had a job to go to and I went straight to it. I had never met the family, I'd only spoken to them on the phone, but that's the way things were done 20 odd years ago. So, so a little bit less intense than it is now? <laughs> a, a lot less intense than it is now. Um, I would say that my phone interview that I had in the kitchen of my um, student lodging <laughs> <laughs> with my first family it was very different to the last interview I've had 
um, here in Silicon Valley in 2017. Yes, and I can, I can imagine that there's been quite a big change in terms of the actual role in that time as well. Yes, that's very fair. Um, so if I compare my first position where I was sole charge, six days a week, uh, newborn, uh, mum travelled a lot, dad travelled a lot, I was alone most of the time. Um, and as a new nanny, you know, that, that was quite scary. It was, um, it was very lonely um, and it was, it was worrying to me because obviously I was 19 and they left me with this newborn and although I was trained, you know, I was like, I don't know everything, but I'll figure it out. Um, and in a way, in the beginning, it was very tough, but it, in the end, it was just lovely. Um, and my position now is within a team of nannies working in um, with a family who does require 24-hour care. Um, but the ch child I look after is actually, well, she was a toddler when I started. She's older now. Um, and the home is fully staffed. And there's all sorts of other members in the team. And uh, I'm not lonely and alone. <laughs> um, and I bring a whole bunch of experience because I've been doing this forever. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things there that were really, with mean, lots of things there that were really interesting, but there's a couple of things there I wouldn't mind asking more about, if that's all right. Yes, um, yes. In terms of working as part of a team of nannies, um, instead of yes. lone working and, and having to figure it out, um, it, you've mentioned that obviously you're no longer lonely at work, um, <laughs> but I think yes. it brings some challenges as well. Yes, definitely. Um, when you work in a team, you have to make sure that the other team members are uh, on the same page as you with regards to what you're trying to achieve. And I've worked in teams uh, where I've been in charge and in teams where I haven't been in charge. So I've been on both sides of the, of the spectrum. Um, and the most important thing is, is they don't have to be your bosom buddy. They don't have to be your best friend, but you do need to agree on the childcare philosophies because if you don't, um, it causes massive issues for the children. It confuses them. Um, it doesn't allow them to actually move forwards. And it can cause some emotional and psychological damage uh, later on in life. And, and is that something that you would usually agree amongst your team? Or would, it, would, it, would the parents be involved in that process of um, reading what childcare philosophies are implemented? So, so the childcare philosophies usually are, you know, they come from the parents, uh, but these are usually discussed with the, with the nanny. Um, and obviously my, my view is this, if I don't agree with your childcare philosophies, I'm not going to accept the position because it's just going to be untenable for me and for you. Um, and, it's just, and it's just going to mess up the children. So I discuss childcare philosophies at interviews. And if I don't agree with them, then I, I pass. Um, and, and and I think that is, you know, that's something that comes with maturity and experience because obviously in the beginning of my career, I didn't ask these questions. And then I found myself in positions where I didn't agree with the parents and then I know what the outcome is. <laughs> so now um, I, you know, I do discuss at interview. If I don't agree um, and I don't see that they are willing to listen or willing to change, then I just move on. Uh, there are plenty of families that are looking for nannies. There isn't a, a scarcity of jobs. So, no, I will wait for the perfect fit rather than, you know, take something I'm not happy in. The advice for, like, for everybody who's looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, initially, when you start your career, of course, you're going to take any job because you need the money, you need to build your resume or your CV, and you need to make sure that you, you know, you have something to you, you need a starting point so initially you can't be so picky but throughout my career my whole plan has been I will work um, I will save as much money as I can and then in between jobs I will take two or three months to actually evaluate what I'm what I've done what I'm looking for and know that I have enough money to support myself so that if I don't find a job right away then it's okay. And by doing that, I've actually been able to wait for the right family for me at that particular time. 
Brilliant. And, and I know that you're obviously very committed to Nanyin and, and you've built your entire yes. around it. What made you yes. choose Nanyin over um, sort of what I suppose in, in, in my vernacular would be those more traditional childcare roles in terms of nursery settings um, or early years education in that sort of school environment? Um, what, what made Nanyin so attractive to you? So when, when I was growing up, I couldn't make up my mind if I, if I wanted to work with children or if I wanted to be a flight attendant. And uh, then nature made that decision for me because I, I grew a little too tall. <laughs> and so I couldn't be a flight attendant. Um, so I decided that I wanted to work with children. And I, before I actually took my NNEB course, I actually did a lot of babysitting and I, um, used to take children to the beach and look after them in the summer and I realized that's what I really enjoyed doing and then during the NNEB training obviously we had placements and we had placements in schools and we had placements in um, maternity wards and placements in nurseries and placements with families so the whole time I was training I actually gravitated towards the family aspect and working as a nanny and so my decision was quite clear once I finished my NNEB training I didn't want to work in a nursery I wanted to work with families. Would you say I know that there's, there's a lot of people who, who look at the sort of role of a nanny worry about take, being taken for granted um, or put onto in it becoming sort of a, a surrogate parent role um, is, is that something that, that is a concern? Um, Okay, so I would say it is uh, it is normal. I think it's uh, it's something that happens within our industry as nannies. I think um, it's particularly prevalent in, in positions where you are there for extended periods of time. Um, so if you're working a 24-7 or if you're working three days on, four days off or whatever kind of rotor system you have, um, you do tend to assume that role but you really need to keep it professional because at the end of the day they're not your children um, and I think the way to deal with that is actually to have boundaries um, it, you need to set boundaries for yourself for the children and for the parents uh, otherwise it just becomes it just becomes messy um, and, and it's really hard to set those boundaries um, I sometimes catch myself saying, oh, I wish I'd done that because now I wouldn't find myself in that situation. But it, if you don't set the boundaries uh, for everybody, including yourself, then you do get pulled into this, um, oh, she's, you know, she's just going to do it because she's here all the time, or she's going to step in because she's like a mum to my kid, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when you're working as a nanny, you can't not love the children. So you're going to do whatever <laughs> because you love the children. Um, so yes, I think, it, I think it is an issue. I think it is a concern. And I think the only way to deal with that is boundaries. Yeah, and I think obviously that, that, that is, I suppose, the only measure you can put in place is putting those boundaries in, in, in place as soon as you possibly can. Um, but for someone who works in an office on a largely nine or five basis, the idea of living with my boss is as much as I love yes. an absolute terrifying thought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so power to all of the nannies out there who, who navigate that relationship <laughs> alongside the relationship with their charges and, and all of the, the, the great stuff they do on that day-to-day -day basis. Um, I mean, what, what does a day tend to look like? Okay, so... Um... My days look very different depending if I'm a live-in or a live-out. Um, so let's say I'm a live-in. Obviously, I would get up in time to get myself ready before the children are uh, supposed to be up. Um, and then the children wake up. Um, I'll, I'll run you through my typical day right now. So the children would wake up and uh, it'd be breakfast, breakfast time, which we would have together. Um, and then time to go to school. So drop off at school and then I right now I actually have my charge at school for most of the day but when I get back I have a lot of admin work that I do for the children in my care so um, not only do I do the childcare, but 
I have admin and those tasks would be things like setting up doctor's appointments, making sure making sure the school forms are completed, setting up play dates, you, you know, the usual things that one does. Um, and then I pick up my charges and bring them home. We have a snack together and then they have various activities which they go to. And then after activities, we spend time together. And that time is usually scheduled in a way that it's either independent play or it's, you know, an activity that we've set up, uh, arts and crafts, or maybe it's a learning activity. So it might be, you know, working on some logic skills or stuff like that. And then it's bath time, dinner time, story time and bedtime. <laughs> so wow. that's my day. Um, so a lot that goes into one day. Yeah, and every day um, is as well by the sounds of it. Sorry, I didn't hear that part. They sound like long days. Very long days. So um, my tip. So at the moment, I work on a rotor system. So I work 24 hours a day, um, and then I do that for about five days a week, and then I take two days off, and then I go back on. Um, so when I'm on duty for 24 hours a day, then obviously I'm there 24 hours. But the children's day is. For the youngest one, it's 13 hours because by the time she wakes up and she goes to sleep, it's 13 hours. And for the older girls, it's actually 15 hours. Um, and then on top of that, obviously, you have to make sure that you've cleared up behind you and the kids have picked up after themselves, etc., etc., before you can actually say, I'm calling it a day. So it, it is long day. Um, and I think nannies have very long days. Uh, I, I'm reading on lots of you know i'm part of lots of facebook groups and the the messages and the posts that you read are all about you know i'm burnt out i'm tired i've worked such and such amount of hours this week um and i and i do think that's another misconception um in the whole nanny world uh families don't understand how much nannying takes out of you uh, because it is emotionally draining yeah. to be to be with children who are demanding of you the whole day. I can imagine. Um, it's one of the reasons I don't have any. Um, <laughs> I don't have any either. <laughs> yeah, but you do have lots. <laughs> I, I have I have loads, yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, obviously, they're, they're long days. Um, yes. In terms of those, those long hours, um, and those messages that you see in those Facebook groups, and I must admit, I have been having a spy in the nanny <laughs> um, to, to look at some of the conversations that have been going on in there. Um, how, how do you think nannies can counteract that burnout? What what can nannies do to to stop that from happening? So I think it's easier said than done to say that you can actually counteract that. If I have to be honest. Um, I think, I mean, you have you have to have interests outside of your work so that your brain is actually doing something different because otherwise, personally, I feel that you're completely drained by what you're doing at work. Um, I also feel that you should have hobbies like, you know, go for a run, go for a walk, uh, knit, whatever, so that you can actually do something that you really, really enjoy that's for you and it's not for anybody else. I, I tend to feel that nannies aren't, if I, I want to say this in inverted commas, selfish enough yeah. in the sense that, that we don't think about ourselves, we think about everybody else first and we come last. I think that's true of care professionals in, in general. Yes, yes. And I think that is part of the issue that we don't think about ourselves and then at the end of the day, we are the ones who suffer because our health suffers and our sleep suffers and our relationships suffer. And um, then, you know, burnout is is just one of the issues on top of the other issues. <laughs> um, but but I, also, I also feel that unless you're in this profession, you don't actually understand what it means to, to be emotionally drained so much. And I, and I read a lot about, you know, if your cup isn't full, you can't, or whatever it is, if a teacup isn't full, you can't give to somebody else. But as someone who doesn't put herself first, I, I find it really hard to recharge my batteries and to, you know, to not get to the point of burnout. 
when I when I come home, I I mean I have a husband, so <laughs> I like to spend time with him. So when I come home, I tend to have a few hours where I just look into space <laughs> because my body just needs to do that. And then after that, I actually get going in the sense I um, I start doing things around the house just because I feel that that is actually helpful to me. And then I settle into my own things. Like I might sit down and read a book with a cup of tea for a couple of hours, something that I can't do while I'm wor- at work. Or I'll go for a really long walk or I'll watch a movie. Um, but it doesn't really recharge me completely. And, and do you think that's just part of who you are? I think I think it is in a way. Um, I think it's my personality, it's it's who I am, but it's it's just the way it is. <laughs> um, I don't think I, I don't think I'm going to change that now, not at this point in my life. And I think that's something that, that we come across quite a lot from from a lot of our members um, is that they struggle to to switch off or when yes. someone can work after looking after other people all day they want to then take care of their partner, their, their, their own children and yes. how they want to live their life so therefore it doesn't feel as much like work even though it is. <laughs> yes, but I, I think it's like I'll come home and do the ironing. Who wants to do the ironing when they come home after they've had a, a five-day, twenty-four-hour shift? Um, for me, it's for me, for me, it's therapeutic because I know I'm doing that for myself and for my husband. So it's something I'm doing for us, and so it doesn't feel like a chore. It feels more relaxing to me. Um, so there are certain things that I actually pick and choose to do because they actually make me feel better psychologically. If you do that for somebody else and you're looking after other people, um, to come home and to, to care for yourself and your own household in that same way is, is quite nice. Yeah. Yes. And also the fact that you actually can do something for you and your spouse or you and your own children if you have children at home or you and your, I don't know, roommates or whatever something that feels good because it's you're doing it for you and somebody that you love yeah um and i and i just think i i know if you 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 know if you work with a toddler it's a constant you know why this why that why this why that and my my husband often asks me what do you want to do at the weekend and my answer in true honesty is i want to take a shower by myself and I don't think people realise how much we put in every day. Um, I think you're very right. I don't think people understand how full on the job of a nanny is. Um, yes. Was that weight of expectation as well? Um, yes. I suppose that might be more so with high net worth families in terms of the expectation that you will just be available, um, or that right. you will just go places and do things that might not be your general day-to-day is, is that right correct it is right i mean with with high net worth and high profile families the expectation is is that they're paying a higher salary therefore they're expecting your availability 100 percent of the time regardless of if you're there or not um, and again that's that's important to think about when you're thinking about setting boundaries because you have to at some point say i'm sorry i'm off duty um, or you need to say, I'm sorry, but that's actually not within my remit. Um, and it's a hard thing to say to your boss, um, regardless of what job you're in. It's hard to say no to your boss. Um, and do you think that's yes. part of your living, Nanny? And, and your boss is also housing you? Yes. Uh, it's even harder <laughs> because then you start thinking, well, if I say no, what's going to happen? Are they going to get rid of me? If they get rid of me, I have nowhere to live etc 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 and so there again there's a whole bunch of emotional stress that you're putting yourself through or you're being put through because you're or because of your profession you I mean you're living in their house and if things go wrong you're homeless you mentioned some Facebook groups earlier on and I know that I've been on reddit do you think it's important for nannies to to have a support network of other nannies to be able to talk to other people who understand what it's like? I definitely do. Um, what what I don't like about some of the Facebook groups is that 
it's more parent bashing than support. So, I mean, you you read lots of messages about and mum and dad did this and this and that happened with mum and dad and um, you know they left the dishes in the sink etc 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 and to me that's not what the groups should be for um, the groups should be for people who maybe you know are lonely or are experiencing a problem with with the children or with the parents and they want to know how other people have dealt with it but without being judgmental just getting a professional opinion. Yeah. Um, and then and then moving on from there. Or, you know, if there are uh, multiple nannies in a certain area, why don't they go out for a drink and have a chat? Or why don't they go out for a movie or, ex- you know, make friends that way? But I don't feel that the the bashing and judging is, is actually helpful to anybody. Um, because the way I look at it is this, if you're already writing something negative about your bosses and somebody else gives you more negative stuff, all it's going to do is fuel your negativity towards your job, which means you're not happy. And if you're not happy, then you shouldn't be there because you're affecting the children. And so to me, that is already, you know, a big red flag. If, if, you're, if you're that upset that you're judging publicly the people you're working with, then it's time for you to start moving on. Bring new family. <laughs> yes, exactly. Find a new family, find something that suits you but do it properly. So ask all the questions at the interview, have a trial time so that you know what you're getting yourself into because it's easy to accept a job and then bash them when you didn't ask the questions beforehand. Yeah, and and do you think that that interview process, the way that it tends to be set up now, do you think that there's there's space in there for nannies to come with their own questions and and to be a little bit more assertive? because I think that there is, when anyone's gone for any job, um, there is this sort of strange idea that we have that we are being interviewed and we should just answer right. the questions we're asked and that's the end of it. So my view on interviews is, is a little different to I think what most nannies think. So to me, an interview is a conversation. It's a conversation where I'm trying to learn about you and you're trying to learn about me. So it's not, it's not, uh, somebody's firing questions at me and I have to answer them. To me, the interview is the most important part of my job because if I don't get it right at the interview, I'm then stuck in that job for however many months I've signed a contract for. So I don't really want to put myself in that position. So when I go to an interview, I go very open-minded. And part of the issue, part of the way I see it is I don't need this job do I want this job? So I go with a different frame of mind. And my view is, is if I like you and you like me, that's great. And if we agree on our parenting philosophy, childcare philosophies, how it's going to work out, fabulous. If not, it's okay. It was nice to meet you. Off I go. Um, And I, and I think if you are, if you want to be taken as a professional, you need to go in knowing what you want, asking the questions you need answers to, and then coming out of it, knowing that you have what you need to make your own decision. That sounds very wise. Uh, I mean, I I just feel, and, and, and again, this has come with experience. It, it wasn't this way when I started, uh, because I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know that I needed to be assertive. I went in thinking, I need this job, so I'm going to answer the questions and then if they offer me the job, I'll say yes. And if they don't, I'll say, okay, you know, um, but now it's very different. I've gotten to a point where if I don't like you, I'm going to say no, thank you. Yeah, that, that, that sounds like great advice for anybody who's looking for any sort of job, really. And, and I think, you know, we all find ourselves in situations where we don't like something, but if we can't fix it, we can't fix it but it's important to actually look back and think, how did I get here? Did I cause it? And what could I have done differently? So that the next time the same situation comes around, you already know and you're a step ahead and you're you're going to say, I'm not letting that happen again. So what am I going to do to stop that? Because you can see things happening. It's like when, when when you're working as a nanny and all of a sudden they're asking you to do the family laundry which wasn't discussed in the contract or if you're 
I don't know, you're you're cooking all the family meals because they decided to to let go of a chef or there was no chef or and the mum decided now it's your job. Well, if you've been in that situation before and you can see that creeping along, then you need to be able to stop it before it starts. Otherwise, you're back to square one. Yeah, and, and is it true that it is that sort of profession where it's quite easily for easy for things to creep in? Yes, it is. It is very easy because you're in their house and so things happen. You notice them and maybe you fix them because you think, oh, that would be nice for them to come home and not have to deal with that. The problem is, is you do it once, then you do it twice, and then the expectation is that you've taken it on. So there's a very thin line between what should I do to help and all of a sudden it becomes your responsibility. Yeah, and when you don't do it, then it's you've not done that rather than... Yeah, exactly. exactly. So I think, again, it's one of those things that need to be discussed. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conversation. You just say, you know, this happened, I took care of it. However, it's not my responsibility. You know, in future, if it happens, who would you like me to call to fix it? Or whatever it is that you're going to say. But don't let things creep into your job that are not your job. Because at the end of the day, we're here for the children. We're not here to unclog the dishwasher because somebody clogged it. Um, and we're not here to, you know, to sweep the floors because nobody else wants to do it. We're here for the children. And, and, and what's different about working with children as a nanny and working with children in a, in a childcare setting um, other than sort of obviously you being in the home and it being a, a more sort of, I suppose, holistic approach. Um, for you, what do you get out of it that you wouldn't get out of working in a nursery? Well, when you when you work with families, I think you you know you work one on one with the children. Even if you have multiple children in the home, you do get that one on one time. Um, when I was working in the nursery, I would get one on one time, but it was very very short um, because there were so many other children who needed your attention. And I think when you have that one on one time, you build relationships that you would never build if you were working in a in a nursery or school just because the amount of time and the quality of time that you spend together is different. I think that working as a nanny, what I get out of it is I can see the progress that children make um, and it and it, it's really rewarding to see that. But I also see, you know, how the children change over time. So you might go, I've worked with families where they're multiple children and because they're multiple nannies the children don't actually spend any time together and you can come in and you can change that and if you if you're able to change that and you can see the relationship that the children are starting to build amongst themselves and each other it's just something wonderful that you can't I, I, you can't get at school you can't get at nursery um, and for me, those changes are what makes it all worth it. So getting to see that full journey. Yes. That sounds great. And we've talked about some of the challenges um, involved in nannying and, and some of the sort of good bits. But what I haven't mentioned is holidays. How does that work? Um, you mean you mean the nanny's holidays or the family holidays? <laughs> okay. So with all of the families I've worked for I've always gone on their family holidays um, holidays with families are not the nanny's holiday and I think again there's a bit of a misconception on both sides um, because some of the parents think that because they're on holiday and they're spending more time with the children then it means the nanny's also on holiday although she's working and they've taken her with them um, yeah, like it's a treat <laughs> Yes, it's a, it, it's a treat. We're taking you to Spain. That's great, but I'm still on duty. And some nannies also think, you know, they're on holiday with parents. The parents are going to spend more time with the children. So I'm going to go off and, you know, explore. And then the parents all of a sudden need you to babysit. And the nanny gets upset because they were told they could go and explore. Well, my view is, is it's their holiday, not yours. So it is what it is. And you're working. You're just working in a different location. Um, for the nanny holiday, I would hope that when a nanny goes on holiday, they would just switch off completely and take the time to do whatever they want to do, however they want to do it, wherever they want to do it, 
and not worry about what they've left behind um, because it is the time a nanny has to actually recharge their batteries um, it is a time for the nanny to actually think about themselves and that's what it should be and is that all the stuff that, that you would address sort of up front in terms of that that boundary setting and that contract setting at the very beginning of a relationship in terms of how your holidays are going to work and how your role in their holidays is going to work yes i think it's it's super important to address all of these things um and yes i know people will say well how long is an interview <laughs> well you don't need to go in depth but you can ask questions about it that will make you understand what their view is and then you can go into in depth about that particular subject you don't have to you know well my philosophy for vacation is and go through every step you just need to address the situation see what their answer is and then either follow it up with follow-up questions or just move on because maybe they say you know we don't take our nanny on vacation because we expect our vacation to be with our children. Then your answer's there and you're done and you just move on. Yeah, oh yeah, um, the question might be, does that mean you expect me to take my holidays when you take your holidays? Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you just ask the follow-up question, which is, you know, am I supposed to be on holiday when you're on holiday or are you going to be paying me or whatever it is that you want to know? And then you move on to the next subject. So it doesn't need to be, you know, let's talk for four hours about what the vacation is going to look like or the holiday or you know whatever it is that you have on your list of questions um, but I think it is important to discuss these things at interview because again if it doesn't match up with what your thoughts are then you just move on to the next interview. And, and we've talked a little bit about Facebook groups and Reddit groups um, but there are some specific organisations who are set up to support nannies and as a woman you're uh, a member of, of some of them um, and we're International Nanny of the Year in 2017. Um, yes. Do you think that those associations are important to, to nannies? I do. I, I, I do feel that these kind of associations are super important because they are set up uh, to provide not only support but also uh, training and advice and also um, it's a good place for you to network with other professionals, um, other nannies, other newborn care specialists, other maternity nurses, anyone who's working in the same field as you. And those are the people who are going to understand what you're going through when you're having a bad day, or they're going to understand what you're going through when you just see your, your charge walking for the first time. Those are the people you're going to share your, your losses and your, and your wins with. Um, and they will understand what you're talking about. Um, I can come home and, and say to my husband, you know, such and such happens and he'll say, oh, great. Um, and he's very supportive, but he might not really get what I'm saying, just like I don't get what he's telling me about his career. <laughs> I'm, I might be supportive, but it's I don't understand what he's telling me half the time. These associations are set up as a support but group, but also as you know industry networking places industry training places so it is important for nannies to be part of them it's also nice to be recognized by these associations so as you said i did win international nanny of the year uh, by the international nanny association which is based in the states and i'm actually a very active member of the group because i believe in the mission of the association. I'm also a member of the British Association of Professional Nannies. Um, I am not a member of a Swiss National Association of Nannies, but um, I do know quite a few people in it and I do read their blogs. Um, but it, it's important to have these, uh, no matter what country you're in. To be honest, if I'd known about these associations during my first position, I wouldn't have felt so lonely because I would have been able to somehow, although there was no internet at the time, somehow figure out a way to access these networking situations that the associations provide. Those associations, you mentioned that, um, that they're good for sort of those, those industry bits and, and keeping up to date and, and reading the blogs. Um, and you've mentioned yes. points, keeping your knowledge up to date. Um, yes. How are you doing that self-directed learning, looking at blogs and um, reading the stuff released by associations and sharing best practice with, with other nannies? 
how do we get skills up to date in terms of that CPU? Um, so there are various ways you can do it. Um, I do a lot of online courses because time doesn't allow me to actually physically participate um, in a lot of classes, but I do a lot of online courses. I just, you know, go online, see what I'm, what I'm interested in, and then I research it, find whatever courses I like, and I just take them. Um, I also um, attend as much as I can nanny conferences. So the International Nanny Association has a nanny conference every year. I attend that. There is a, a nanny conference in the UK, which I've been attending. I also uh, attend when I can, if I'm not traveling for work, the International Nanny Training Day, which is a one day a year throughout the world where nannies get training. As part of my contract, I also ask for professional development money to be set aside so that it's not all on me, but it's also my employer, because my knowledge benefits them. The same as any other employer. Exactly. So when I do interview, I usually do ask about professional development um, and what they are willing to provide and the things that I usually attend. And I have the costs ready so that if they want to know how much it's going to cost to register to go to conference, I have those figures. I also, you know, obviously participate in Facebook groups. I read different blogs. I go out and buy books and read them. Um, there, there is so much that you can do. You don't necessarily have to have a certificate that says you participated in this training, but you can do so much for yourself um, just by being proactive and looking, looking around and seeing what it is that's interesting to you and just taking the, the class or, or reading the book or reading the blog and then doing some research on your own. Brilliant. Um, and, and do you think that that's well received by the employers that you've had, the fact that you do evidence not only your learning but, but your, your genuine interest in the sector and in supporting children, developing children? I have never had an employer say they wouldn't be willing to provide some money for professional development and uh, they have all been very supportive of whatever course I've taken um, and none of them have ever said well you know that's not really going to help us so no we're not interested in it um, so for example if you're looking after teenagers and you decide to do you know a maternity nursing course nobody's ever said you know we're not going to have any more children so why are you taking that class it's not going to benefit us they've always been very supportive of the fact that i am interested and i want to get better so no I, i've had no no issues no pushback nothing brilliant that's really good to hear do, do you think that there's I mean, obviously there is a big difference but, but what are the differences between supporting a young child or an infant um to supporting teenagers um, I don't think people necessarily connect the role of a nanny with teenage children. So the family I work for right now has multiple children. Two of them are teens and I've worked with families who have had teens before but I've never actually worked with the teens. I would say they both come with challenges. You know, with a newborn, obviously there's a lot of why are they crying? <laughs> what do I need to do? this is happening I have no idea what's going on but there's also a lot of eating sleeping changing the diaper eating sleeping changing the diaper or nappy or whatever we want to call it and with teenagers I think it's more so with the newborns I think it's more hands-on with teenagers I think you have to be very cued in into their psychological and emotional development um, because teenagers go through so many changes if you're not aware of what those changes are, you're probably going to miss something and that might cause issues. Not to say that with babies you don't, you need to know all their stages of development too, but it's it's very different because obviously teenagers are verbal, babies are non-verbal. Yeah, teenagers have the opportunity to develop their own personality, so therefore every teenager is completely different, whereas exactly. by and large are similar. Yes, I mean, with, with babies, there is a pattern that you kind of follow, you know, you wake up in the morning, you feed them, then it's nap time, then you wake up, you feed them, then, you know, it's a bit of tummy time, etc, etc. So it's very routine -y. With teenagers, it's completely different because they don't want to do the same thing over and over again. Um, 
And teenagers come with all sets of different issues. You know, they want to go out with their friends. They don't want to go out with their friends. They <laughs> they want to, you know,、uh, go on a trip with their with mum and dad. They don't want to go on a trip with mum and dad. So I would say teenagers are not my specialty. Babies are. <laughs> so give me a baby anytime. <laughs>、um, But yes, I think I would find teenagers extremely hard to work with. Whereas I think I would prefer teenagers. <laughs> There you go. So I mean, again, again, if you don't, if you don't try the different, the different ages and stages, then you don't really know what you want to specialize in. Yeah. So it's it's so it's important to just give yourself the chance and the opportunity to work with the different ages, then decide the one you want, and then go for it. And you mentioned that you've studied an MEB. Yes. Did you study that in the UK and then、yes. travel the world as a lawyer? Yes. So, so I'm not your typical person.、Uh, so my mum's English, my dad's Italian. I was born in Italy. We moved around Italy until I was eight. Then we moved to Turkey for three years. Then back to Italy.、Um, I finished. High school in Italy, and then went to well, came to the UK and did my NNEB. And after my NNEB, my first job was in Belgium. My second job was in Italy. My third job was in Houston. Then I was in London. Then back to Houston. Then I went to Austria, and now I'm back in the States. That, that's that's a lot of addresses. <laughs> it's it, it is a lot of addresses, and、um, it is a lot of moving back and forth, and it's a lot of you know learning new things and different languages. And but it's actually it's been very interesting. It's、um, I, I love to travel,、um, although I travel so much with work that <laughs> that now I just want to stay home.、Um, it opened my eyes to how different countries and different nations. View childcare, and they view nannies, and what their views are on, you know, raising children. So it's been it's been fantastic. I wouldn't change it. Brilliant. I mean, is there a, a massive difference between the way the nannies are viewed or childcare is viewed as a profession? Yes,、um, it's really varied, and I don't know that I would say that it's a country thing. I would say it's more a family view rather than a country view. And do you think part of that is that? We don't do a lot of shouting about what nannying actually is. Yes, and and also I think because so many nannies now are not trained, so the view is anybody can wake up in the morning and say I'm going to be a nanny today, right? Where I, I had always assumed that you had to be a qualified childcare professional to become a nanny. No. So 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 this is what I don't understand. So anybody can wake up in the morning and say I'm going to be a nanny. And then they'll go out and be interviewed and take a job. But I can't wake up in the morning and say I'm going to be a doctor, and I can't wake up in the morning and say I'm going to be a lawyer. So how can I wake up in the morning and say I'm going to be a nanny? A nanny is a profession just like everybody else. So the, what needs to happen is, and <laughs> we need to, as nannies, really raise our voices and say it is a profession. It's not just something that one does. And in order for it to be a profession, we actually need to be professionals.、Yeah. So, in all, we, we need we need to raise the bar, and we need to say we are professionals. This is what we do. These are our credentials, and this is how we got them. And if we don't, then nobody will know what we do. And I think we see that across the whole. Sector of caring as well. Yes. You, yes. To, to that entire sector of people, whether that's early years education, nursery workers, care professionals working in residential care homes or domiciliary care with older people or disabled people, those those people in general, and I would very much count you as one of them. Yes. Not great at talking about themselves. It's no. We're talking about your charges. You could probably give us ten reasons that little Jimmy is wonderful. But if I asked you to give、yes. reasons that you're wonderful, you might struggle because your focus is you. Just don't ask me. <laughs> Disconnect in the sector is that because the people who work in care care about other people, they don't do enough shouting about why they're brilliant. 
Um, and, and I do think it's important that we do more of that. That's correct. And I mean, um, <clears throat> if we don't if we don't stand up for ourselves, nobody's going to stand up for us. Yeah. And it's 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 not it's not somebody else's job to stand up for us. It's ours. And again, if we don't treat our profession as a profession, nobody's going to move forwards thinking that it is a profession. I totally agree. We're on the same page. Let's do it. Let's change the world. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> Who's joining us? Um, and I know that you work um, particularly with high net worth families and that that's your specialism and your focus and that you've got an awful lot of experience in that area and in supporting the, the very particular needs of that group. Um, yes. I think that is a strange perception that they are the only people who use nannies. Um, and no. that off are posh people. Um, what, what are the benefits of a nanny to yeah, ordinary, everyday family? Well, <clears throat> I, would, I would think that for an ordinary family, although they're not ordinary, they're just a family, um, I would say that the benefits would be, one, the child can stay at home longer, and I think that benefits the child in lots and lots of ways. Um, they are in their own environment, they're probably more comfortable, therefore they'll they'll learn more. I see so many families take their children to daycare here at six weeks um, because they don't have a nanny. And I I think the one-on-one care is what the children, the really young children need. Um, also, if, for example, the child is sick, the nanny will look after the child. A nursery won't take a child at sick unless it's a nursery that takes sick children and has a special area for them. Um, but then I also see the other side where, you know, parents say, well, they need to socialize. And I agree with the fact that they need to socialize, but you can do that in your home and you can have, you know, the neighbor's children come around or your, your friend's children come around. I, I would say anybody who can have a nanny should have a nanny. Um, the, exper- the expertise that the nanny can bring, the knowledge the nanny can bring, the one-on-one attention the nanny can give the parents with the questions is not going to be the same as what the parents get at the nursery. I, I think socializing is very important. Obviously, children need to learn to be with other children. But if we look at developmental milestones, children are parallel playing until three. So the, the socializing is great because they need to know they are the people in the world, but they're not really socializing. They're just in the same room with other children. <laughs> so. The whole socializing aspect, I think, is important when the children are older. But at a younger age, I really think that if you go to a, you know, a music and movement class or baby massage or whatever it is that you're doing, you're doing it together, but there are other children around you, that's just as good as any other form of socialization. Fab, thanks for that. We've talked about quite a lot of stuff and we've been talking for quite a yes. lot. Is there anything you wanted to say? anyone listening who's interested in the role of a nanny? I think, I mean, I've, I've said these things before, but I think they're really important. One, you know, give yourself time to understand what you want. Uh, because once you understand that, you will be happier with yourself and therefore you'll be happier in your job. Two, keep reading, keep training, keep talking to people, look at different certifications, programs, whatever. Uh, there's so much online that you can do. There is so much that you can access. Don't just think, well, I have a job, I'm done. The more you learn, the more you have to offer. Um, And three, really, really, really think about what you want to ask at interviews. And remember, it's it's not a firing squad firing at you. You are also there to learn about the family. So take it as an opportunity to think about what it is that you want to know and ask the questions and don't if you have the opportunity not to have to rush into a job then don't rush into it wait and keep going one other thing i would say is find an agency or a recruiter that you actually can trust and use them as a sounding board fabulous and and, and can i add a fifth one that i know that you think is important but that you've forgotten oh is that you have to take time to look after yourself yes see <laughs> See, there, I did it. I, I forget about myself. I, forget, I remembered about everybody else. <laughs> yeah, and, and on that note, um, you have already told me that it's your day off today, so I don't want to keep you thinking. Have. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, 
thank you so much for your time this afternoon or this morning Wayne. no thank you uh, where can our audience find you if they want to, to find you online or okay um they can find me on instagram i'm the funny nanny or i have a blog called the funny nanny um any anybody who does want to get in touch please feel free to do so great and and people can also find you on linkedin as well can't they yes linkedin yep fabulous and um, obviously your name will be in the title of this episode so people can find you yes. and, and help to spell that to find you on the things where yes you your real name and you're not just yes. nanny and and if anyone does want to find candy go, go and find ash is great um and she's got loads and yes. lots of great information to share um thank you loads for your time um and thank you look forward to being in touch with you again soon and thanks to you at home or on the go for joining us. Don't forget, if you've got some best practice or you'd like to share with us um, something great, um, you can get in touch with us at alumni at cash.org.uk. That's alumni, A-L-U-M-N-I, at cash, C-A-C-H-E for echo, dot org dot uk. And we'd love to speak to you. You can find us at the Cash Alumni website at www.cashalumni.org.uk or through the main CASH website for information about qualifications and other CPD at www.cache.org.uk. Thanks very much and until next time, take care.